Welcome to me, my mutants. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat with Brothers Comics. Each week we review classic X-Men stories from the past and link them with the current continuity. Join the producer, Sandman, Big Hutch, and Brother Beavis as we take a trip down Great Malkin Lane. Are you ready, my mutants? Let's do it. Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat presented by Brothers Comics. As Pride of the X-Men brings us in, on the line tonight, I have my two favorite mutants. Now, it is no longer Black History Month, and actually, um, uh, uh, number 45 actually declared uh, March Irish History Month. Uh, So... Yeah, well, that's on another podcast, too. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yes, uh, one of my favorite mutants, it's Brother Beavis on the line tonight. Brother Beavis, say what's happening to everybody. Free at last, free at last. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God yeah. Almighty. I'll press no more. <laughs> Beavis, I'll press no more. <laughs> that's short. I'm glad it wasn't leap year. That shortest month of the year was getting to me. (laughs) (laughs) And on the line tonight also, it is the Sandman going second for for March. Yeah, started from the bottom, now I'm back. Back to the bottom, baby. Konnichiwa, fellow mutants. What's going on? That's right. Yeah, so um, if you've been following along with this podcast, and from the looks of listens, people actually are. Um, we've been walking through classic X-Men stories. Um, as you'll see as we go through the books, the price is increasing on the left part of those comic books. And we have walked through some classic X-Men stories, and the last podcast we did was not a classic X-Men story. Um, we just walked through two <laughs> issues um, that we had to um, to kind of get to where we are tonight. And we are actually going to skip over a couple of issues this week um, to get to some, some more of the juicier stuff here in the 180s. So our last podcast ended as the X-Men were headed to the Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars, OG Secret Wars. And if you haven't, just a plug, if you haven't ever listened to our OG Secret Wars podcast, please check it for SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, and Stitcher uh, if you want to get a good laugh. Um, but the X-Men go away and... When the book comes back, it's on issue 181. And now the way that they did, um, I guess, what are those uh, miniseries uh, back then was that the miniseries was going on and the monthly book was in continuation. And so every time you wondered about what had happened, there'd be a little asterisk box there that says, hey, go check out Secret Wars on newsstand now. Uh, so you kind of <laughs> had to be reading them both at the same time. So the X-Men went to Secret Wars. They are now back. and they are going to issue 181 has them dropping off in Japan. Uh, we are skipping this issue because it is some straight up bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Beavis, yes, it is. Beavis, you yeah. want to give your brief description of 181? Um, well, there's a dragon, but sadly there are no tits. Therefore, uh, <laughs> not worthy of consumption. So, yeah, it's a, it's like a it, it comes off as a total throwaway. We didn't have a better story to tell, and I guess you guys like stories in Japan. So the X Men arrive in Japan for no apparent reason. There's a giant monster. There's lots of Godzilla references. Yeah. Uh, 
Sunfire shows up, which is always good, um, and he's the ultimate non-team player, kind of screws everything up, endangers everybody. Scott, he's the, he's the Japanese. Reason, he's the Japanese angel. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, for whatever reason, doesn't return with him. Instead, he returns back to his cut-off jeans and, and crop-top <laughs> muscle shirt to his honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, you have the typical storm, can't control her powers, Charles is not confident in the field, Wolverine's full of honor, yeah. blah, 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 love yeah. story. And then they drop the only meaningful piece of it at the end is the introduction of the the mutant affairs. And so that's the yeah. interesting thing is like as dumb as the story is, they keep referring back to, you guys saw when they fought that dragon, right? And so this yeah. is the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so they have this, this completely pointless but highly visible fight that sets the table for the classic Claremont undercurrent story that's more important than the actual book. Yes. And also, well, the dragon just disappeared. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's exactly how it is, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid lot. he died of a broken heart. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. No. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's bad. It's just a real kind of throwaway issue. Um, there's nothing of significance except for the last page where we get Henry Peter Gyrick and Robert Kelly. Is that right? No. Is that right? Every time I say uh, Robert, I'm not thinking. Yeah. About, I'm thinking. Yeah, not man. piss on you, dude. Is it Robert? Is that the senator? <laughs> yeah. Senator Kelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah he probably pissed on people too. Yeah. yeah, he probably yeah. pissed on people too. Anyway, um, yes, the, and, and introducing the Mutant Affairs Act or whatever that it's called, at the Mutant Registration Act or something to, to that effect. So that's a throwaway part. And then if you thought 181 was a throwaway, read uh. 182. Uh, 182 is now when they go to Japan, they decide that Rogue she needs to fly home because she's the fastest of the bus. <laughs> yeah, she has to fly across the ocean to get there. By yeah. the way, yeah, yeah, she has to go all the way from Tokyo to New York City, and she flies away to go do that. And um, in the process of once she gets there, something happens and. She goes into a full, like, dual personality with Carol Danvers and starts reliving her memories, like, pretty fluidly and vividly. And it winds up with this thing with S.H.I.E.L.D. and somebody that Carol used to have a relationship. I think it's Rossi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rossi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and they had a relationship, and then she had to save him, and then it, it's a hot mess. Just a hot mess. And also it t- appearing to be another throwaway book as well. Um for the most part. Now, did I miss anything in there, Brother Beavers or Sandman? I don't know. I know we didn't put those on the list to read, but I don't know if you remember reading it. I think it's worth guess, uh, worth mentioning. Um, if you had to guess the color of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that was spying on behalf of the Hellfire Club, the color would be... And you know what? I yeah. did not forget that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not forget that part. The brother is a sellout. Um, there's that. Oh, and, and I think Celine is also in this issue as well. Is she? Is, I think she last panels where she sucks the. And I, I, I think yeah. that, I think that was um, a throwaway John Byrne like lookalike dude, and she sucks wow. the freaking face out of, you know, and he's been on the, the white for a while now. The white yeah, the white out of her coma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and this is also them trying to get you to read other shit that you didn't want to read either. Mm-hmm. Trying to get you to read New Mutants. <laughs> like, hey, you need to go read the New Mutants. Like, no, I don't. No, I ain't reading that shit. <laughs> and y'all can forget it. Um, so yeah, those are those two issues. They are nothing of real consequence, but it does lead you up to 183, which now appears at the end, also a continuation of the story of Secret Wars. Now, again, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that none of us are huge fans of Kitty Pride. Uh, most of us have a general liking for Colossus. Um, but we don't like them together because of the age difference, because of the statutory rape ramifications. And when Colossus was off on uh, Battleworld in OG Super Wars, again, if you listen to this or read those books, you know he falls in love with uh, Zazie, I think is what we called her. Um, Mm -hmm. After she heals him, she gives her life to him. And so now he comes back to Earth, and he has to break this to Kitty. And the scene opens on a hill, uh, Kitty's gotten a, 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 a Halle Berry, as I like to call it. Uh, she yeah, cut pretty much all of her hair off, you know, and mm-hmm. it actually makes her look older and more mature um, mm-hmm. than previous iterations of, the, of her character. And uh, it it opens up in a fairly, I mean, and when you read it the, this time, Sandman, did it almost make you feel bad for Kitty? Yeah, a little bit, because she's um, been through a lot of shit. I mean, we we covered in the last podcast uh, going through the shit with the Morlocks and trying to make her marry fucking Caliban, which, you know, no person should have to go through <laughs> with, with, with that nigga's head and Boba's head in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 and, and and let me say, I don't think I've ever felt sorry for Kitty Pride. <laughs> so I mean that you got to go a long way for this to happen, and uh, right, yeah, and I, I kind of felt sorry for Colossus a little bit, a little later because of uh, what's about to happen in, right. in the story. But we'll get to that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. brother Beavis, did you feel sorry? A little pain for for Kitty Pride here? Not really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like four pages of Colossus being like, "Hey, I finally figured it out. It's not going to work." Uh, yeah, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't a dick about it. It just, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And he is very matter of fact about it. Almost yeah, to is. the point, I'm making like a joke about it. It's like, well, what was she like? Well, she had some big ass titties. You know, <laughs> she had more ass than you did. I mean, he's just real matter of fact about the whole thing. Well, did you fuck her? Well, hell yeah. I did. <laughs> Shit. What? Um, you know, that's how it go down. I mean, he's really—he's so matter-of-fact about it. And, uh, you know, it's what, that old Richard Pryor thing that we talked about before. He's calmer, and it's just making you more and more upset. <laughs> and I think that's what happened. Um, so, yeah. At least, it, 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 at least he didn't bring up the human torch. So did no. He, he well, I was yeah. trying to, but torch, <laughs> like, all up in yeah. it the whole time. Yeah. So I got sloppy yeah. seconds, basically. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's just bad. I mean, it's I mean the way he tells it, you know, and the 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 art from uh, Ramita Jr. is great on this. I mean, again, playing Kitty's face off, as he's saying it like you know, up close, far away from the side. I mean, it's really well done. You know, again, I I I would be hard pressed to feel bad for Kitty Pride, but I did in this instance. Now I don't feel bad for Colossus too much. Uh, when whatever's yeah. going to happen later on, but I, I kind of sort of do. Um, but 
it's based on Marvel superheroes, which we'll get to in a moment. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it's okay. always crazy. It always Look comes back to Marvel superheroes. Yeah, um, but yeah. So he's like, okay, well, you know, this is what happened, and she's like, okay, well, you know, fine, see you later. You know, I'm glad you found somebody that you love that wasn't me. You know, but then it's the classic teenage scene where she's upset about it and, you know, a lot of crying and whatnot. But what, whatever. The book shifts again to Rogue fighting in the danger room. And we're going to set up a huge Rogue story here coming up in the next couple of issues. Um, but her place on the team is a little bit tenuous right now because she can't keep her mind together. Like somehow, some way she has um, kind of slipped back into the person that came to the X-Men looking for Charles Xavier's help. Um, I don't know if we've side topics on this before. Like, this version of Rogue, like, you know, where where are you with this version of Rogue as she's been on the team almost a year now, Brother Beaver? Yeah, I think uh, we talked about this a lot in the uh, Secret Wars podcast, uh, you know, in case you haven't listened to it. Like, there's a huge difference from Rogue you know, 50, 75 issues from now, between now, like, she has, like, she's gone from, like, it was funny how powerful she was when she was a villain, and she gets her ass handed to her pretty regularly, and she's all conflicted. So Mm -hmm. she's pretty worthless, except that she's already, (laughs) like, sacrificed herself to save two people. I mean, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, just not really, not really hitting on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and and I was as I was reading these books, I was like, I was trying to like, why are they? I mean, they're humanizing her, air quotation, humanizing her, and I didn't understand it. And I know, like, looking later on, it becomes a little bit more apparent as she becomes more of a leader on the team. Um, but uh, I, I I was just kind of like, I don't know why they're like taking this these shots at her now, where they could have done it later or maybe earlier. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I've always been a fan of the character, but much later on this version, I wasn't that such, such a fan of. Yeah. Um, me too. And yeah, I don't think she was so much of a villain, so much of a prominent villain that she needs to be redeemed for us to buy her as a member of the X-Men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. yes. It, it wasn't like, you know, like, wow, you know, she really had to turn face, you know, to yeah. She had to yeah, have a Nikita Koloff moment. <laughs> you know, to save right. you know, to, to save Dusty and form the superpowers. Like she wasn't that far gone. You know, <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go watch that again. <laughs> I'll be posting it to YouTube every time. I'll be posting it to the Facebook page every time I draw a wrestling reference from 30 plus years ago. Um, right. Yeah. So, and Kitty goes crying. Colossus goes doing? back. No, no. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> There's a posse boo in one of these uh, panels, by the way. Did you see that? There's a one? There's a, a, a posse uh, boo that they thank oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. in Russia. Yeah, yeah, this is my yeah. my other source of Russian language training. <laughs> Colossus. <laughs> yeah, Colossus. Colossus yeah. and Nikita Kolov taught me the four or five words. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Um. So, yeah, so uh, <laughs> Colossus goes to his room after Kitty does, too. He's met by Wolverine in there and says, hey, bub, you know, we're going out, me, you, and um, uh, uh, Nightcrawler, we're going out he doesn't, to a pub. I don't think he says Nightcrawler. I think Nightcrawler sort of, like. He just kind of pops in. He tags along because he knew what was going to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they yeah. get there. Well, plus, he, he's a season third wheel, too. 
So you know, yeah, and you know, yeah, this is also true. And he's also, true. you know, <laughs> that you know has to, you know, he has to have the dark person be the voice of reason. Like, hey, y'all are gonna have this. <laughs> whatever's gonna happen, I need to break it up. And yeah. um, it doesn't, it doesn't work out that way, obviously. But yeah, so they're off to a club in Manhattan, which is kind of funny because it's like a country bar in Manhattan. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. all right. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, there's that. Kitty decides that she needs to leave the team for a while because things aren't really working out uh, with Colossus. Ooh. So she leaves. Yeah. Ooh, I love him. Oh my God, I'm crying. The haircut makes her really look much older, though. By the way, like it really does. Even though she's all of 14 or 15 at this time. Um, so in her little more like a boy, so you're down. That's what I'm saying. You know, you know what? <laughs> Why you got to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> it's a well-known fact, Brother Beavers, or not Brother Beavers, the, uh, the producer tends to like girls that are built like dudes. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if it's awakening something inside of me. Yeah, I don't know if this is telling about something inside of me. Uh, but don't get him started on Hillary Swank. Just, oh, just don't do it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Don't do it. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I hate myself that I like Gwyneth Paltrow. I want to kill myself every time. <laughs> Did I do it? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> inner picks between all of that. There's also uh, Raven Darkholm and Valerie uh, Cooper, right? Yeah. Val Cooper? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Valerie Valerie and Conway for this. Yeah, hey now, fuck your couch, never. Um, so, uh, <laughs> did you see that meme? I did. did you I see didn't that meme. I did. No, my God. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> fuck your couch, Obama. Oh, fuck your couch. <laughs> so, um, their interlist in between this is there's this whole undercurrent story, and like brother, we were saying a Claremont special where. There's a major story that's going on in between this that's way more important than the, the periphery uh, in the main story. It's just snuck in there on, like, panel, you know, little tiny panels to see. But these two are going to they're, – they're working with somebody to try to make a secret weapon. Now, obviously, Cooper doesn't know that Dark, Darkholm is Mystique, so she is infiltrated in a Hydra-like fashion into the government to try to get what she wants. Um, Again, the book shifts again back out to the bar, and this is where we get the bar fight between Colossus and Juggernaut. Basically, Wolverine, who has somehow become the moral center of the group here. Yeah, I, I got something to say about that later on. Yeah, yeah. go right ahead. Uh, like somehow the dude that kills people um, and has done all kinds of dirt yes, has the audacity, yes. the audacity yes. to come to tell Colossus, like, hey, you – you know, what you yeah. weren't feeling wasn't love, you know, this, you know, this was wrong, you did the 13 or 14-year-old wrong, I'm like, if he had slept with her and all that, he probably would have did her much wrong then, that way, but whatever, and, you know, he was going there to fight Colossus, and they were going to have a fight, it doesn't quite work out that way, because uh, uh, Juggernaut happens to be at the bar, and I think Colossus the- ends this argument right here, who are you to talk? You walked away from the woman you professed to love. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, he, he's the last cat that needs to be giving out romantic advice to any damn body. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, or anybody else for that matter. Well, yeah, he's he's that's a good point too. It, it's just weird that he was the one. Like if 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 Nightcrawler was giving this speech, it would make a little bit more sense because he'd be coming from yeah. a different spot. But not he's more keen to listen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it leads yeah. to this big fight inside this bar. Um, it's classic comic book stuff. But now, if you take this back to um, the Marvel superheroes, because I think this, this may have been a conversation that happened back in 19-whatever this is. Um, yeah. There's no way that Colossus could win this fight. And he doesn't no, hear you. No. But it no. wouldn't have even been as close. I don't know that he could have gotten off in. Like, honestly, <laughs> like he wouldn't have been able to even, even I think, even with, out of his armored form, out of the, the juggernaut suit, I think he still had body or, or what body armor or whatever, like the protection or whatever. Yeah, so, juggernaut. He has a class one thousand fucking uh, force field or something like that, right? It's one of the. Are oh, you talking about Colossus? No, I'm talking about I mean, juggernaut. Yeah, yeah, he, Colossus couldn't even hurt him. Yeah, no, he don't think he could hurt him at all. What was Colossus? Monster strength. Monster yeah, strength. I think. I think what incredible maybe I don't even, I don't know what his fighting was bigger. His more. fighting was excellent. Yeah, yeah we've been over there. Yeah. yeah, he couldn't oh, he, fight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he couldn't fight. Yeah. He was strong, but he couldn't really do anything. Yeah, that's and, saying a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. He had so maybe yeah, good <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't even no excellent as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So, he couldn't even have touched him. Yeah. And so Juggernaut <laughs> puts foot in ass in a pen attempt and <laughs> Like Colossus, it looks it shows that he gets a little bit of offense, but I mean it's yeah. nothing really. I mean, and this is how it should go down. It should have even been worse. And matter of fact, Colossus is also drunk, so I'm sure. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. How is he actually trying to even do this? Like it's just, you know, Wolverine's allowing this to happen because he knows that he thought that Colossus should get an ass with him for what he did to Kitty, and he was like planning on doing, planning to do it himself, but. I'm trying to think to myself, how was that going to work, too? Yeah, I got that. That's exactly what I was going to ask on this plan he's got. How the fuck was he going to do anything? You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless Colossus so, didn't turn to his armor form, I guess. I don't know. But, Juggernaut I, has I, Class 1000 body armor. There you go. <laughs> Colossus couldn't even, like, anything, even, like, wasn't there, like, a, a feat you could roll and try to go, like, make you know, an extra, yeah, or, or charge or like that? But yeah. he could never do damage to him. I mean, all he would, all you could do would be get a. He could have got a stun in slugfest, yeah. right. but he didn't have any. Like he didn't have any claws to do killing damage or anything like that. Yeah, and see, that's just, so he okay. he could have ripped off his helmet, but mm. he doesn't have a mental attack to use against him, and he still have he yeah. still has yeah his mental attack gives him unearthly resistance to that. Yeah, and Colossus is fighting on good with good agility. <laughs> monster strength and yeah, amazing endurance. Amazing endurance. Yeah. His which, armor which is, is yeah. amazing body armor. Amazing. And Juggernaut's yeah. uh, unearthly Unearth strength. Unearthly, unearthly strength. This is, yeah, this is a two-round fight, man, if it got that far. So, I mean, Colossus have never been in Jug's league, though. I mean, they've always, you know, they've shown them fight before, but... Well, but they look really good fighting one another. They look good fighting one another in, exactly. like, a comic book. So yeah, it looks but it's a good mismatch. because they're the same size, but it's a complete yeah. mismatch. It's a complete yeah. mismatch. Yeah, so, yeah Jug, there ain't, there ain't too many Marvel heroes outside of the, the Hulk or a, a, a cosmic level being like Silver Surfer or Thor or somebody. And he's he's run Thor a couple times, by the way. So, I mean, 
Colossus, damn straight, ain't going to have a, a chance in a fight like that. And that's what happens <laughs> in the book. Yeah. So. yeah. so, yeah, Colossus kicks a, a pretty big ass with him. Pretty big. Um, yeah. And, you know, and then Wolverine also comes in at the end to piss on his grave, too. It was yeah, like, oh, this, yeah. This well, was unforgivable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do we go to the wall for each other? Yes. Pay any price? Make any sacrifice? Yes. Like Kitty did for you? Huh? He's <laughs> like, what? She's 14. She tried to save you. She was going to marry Caliban. I was like, man, whatever, Wolverine. Like, seriously, like, come on, man. Like, what did Colossus, that, that, that's an apples and oranges situation. Okay, so she was going to go marry Caliban for me. What's that got to do with me getting some alien strange when I didn't think I was even coming back to Earth? <laughs> right. I mean, them some Fantastic Four stretches right there. Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it just made no sense. It was a good issue to like watch, you know, because the cover is really yeah. awesome and the fight inside yeah, is yeah. great. And the knot of money that he throws back to the manager to, to, to fix the inside <laughs> of the, I'm like, uh, I was like, you saw that you collapsed the whole building, right? <laughs> Destroyed them. Yeah. It's literally rubble. I was like, I could yeah. see maybe if you had that knot and it was the inside of the place was tore up a little bit. Um, you collapsed the whole building on top of it. I'm pretty sure that's not going to cover it. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's it. But And I jumped ahead. Like, I said Celine's sucking out the fake John Byrne was at the other issue. It was in this issue. So the end of now, this one, yeah. Yeah, Celine is a uh, mutant. She uh, is usually the black queen. Is that correct, of the Hellfire Club? Yep. Yep, yep. Okay. She became... I don't now, know where she came she, from after yeah, but yeah, she ended up joining the Hellfire Club shortly after this. Now, does she have after to feed them. off of mutants? Or, obviously not, because this dude wasn't no, mutant, no, she sucked him dead. No. Okay, so she's like Proteus, she essentially, but with and, side yeah. powers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's a vampire slash witch slash mutant. Okay. Yeah, she's kind of overpowered, actually, but yeah. yeah Celine's powers are extensive. She has yeah, unearthly control over inanimate matter. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Was she, that a box? was she in Project Awake? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got her listed in Project Wide Awake under the Hellfire mm-hmm. Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So she's got, yeah, she's got ambiguous um, avalanche powers, and then she can also regain her health by killing other people. That helps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, she's so going to she does, yeah, yeah. She drains, yeah. like, whatever psyche you have, she gets that back in health. Okay. Uh, okay. She pl- plays a prominent role in the next two issues. Um, mm-hmm. The next issue, and uh, as much as we run them about bringing Phoenix back, they also were not hesitant to bring back anything associated with Days of Future Past. Um, so this one is called, the next issue is The Past of Future Days. I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> oh, God. That is just terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, they that were not terrible. shy about doing that because... No, they were not. They mm-hmm. knew... And we also are going to get the return of Rachel Summers as well, mm-hmm. and yeah. a iteration of Phoenix coming very shortly as well. Um, come on, don't make me go to the porn app. Look, come on, are you serious? All right, so I'll have to go to my other app here. Anybody want to recap at 184 or start 184 and go to Sure. I think so, this, the uh, cover is with uh with Celine and yeah 
And so Charles, yeah, yeah. A, a less embarrassing version of Charles's yellow outfit because I think he's an astral projection. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, fighting Celine over yeah. Rachel's collapsed body. And I think the thing yeah. about John Romita, even though as we, we're going to get to Forge's costume or Forge's house, which is a lot of mm-hmm. background, Romita tends to like do really good with the people and the action. But to me, there's mm-hmm. never really a whole lot going on in the background. Right. No, they're pretty stale in the background. As much as I love his artwork, he's one of my favorite artists. Um, but, yeah, he's um, I love his style. But, yeah, his backgrounds are not extensive at, at all. Yeah. But, you know, something else that he also did or does uh, later on is he gets more, and I know this ain't a proper um, art term, got a lot more liney. Yeah. Um, like the characters yeah. and the areas have more lines, like accented lines, whether it be through costume or their hair. And I don't know if that's when he was drawing. I don't. I don't know. And again, I don't know anything about artists or whatever like that. But I know it just looked. It it's not as clean as it started out. Like these books are fairly clean. When you get to two hundred, he's very liney. Yeah. And again, not a proper yeah. uh, term for artist. His tracer. No, I think that could, that could be <laughs> equal to the tracer too. <laughs> that's a tracer. Uh, yeah, no. and I think his his art becomes more distinct at that point. And you know. There was a period of time where, you know, the Marvel way meant you had to do it in a certain style. And it might just be that that's the influence here. And it's right. as it goes farther and, and gets more established, you know, it takes on more character. I mean, because there's some of his stuff is, you know, almost like Byrne-esque. You know, it's very yeah. clean, very well, you know, very tight lines, stuff like that. But Well, when we were doing 175, you know, he did the back end of 175, and I think I at least I discovered that that was him on the back pages mm-hmm. and not Paul Smith. And yeah. it was like, oh, mm-hmm. I did not know that until we started reading it. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, because mm-hmm. he was able to clean up so well. But I know, like in Thor, and later on, I'm mean, so liney. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> a proper art term for this, but yeah, it's 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 whatever. All right, all right, I'm back up. Okay. So the book is called, yes, yeah, some whatever of Days of Future Past. Um, Val and Raven Darkholm are on there. Um, Velma and Louise that they drove all the Pretty way across much. the country, I'm assuming. From Dallas. They're in Dallas. Or, yeah. I'm assuming yeah. they were in D.C. or Virginia at some point when they were at the National Security Council meeting. Mm-hmm. So right. Virginia. People don't Kansas. have phones or planes, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in budget cuts. Yeah, I'm going to need y'all to drive Virginia to Dallas. That's a solid 25 hours. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a day in the car. Fuck all that. Yeah, solid. Yeah. And yeah, um, easy. so they drive over there to see Forge. Now, Forge is, I believe this is his first appearance. Um, he yeah, it is. has on, if Scott had on some extra medium. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, these are some straight up. I mean, um, these look like '70s era uh, gym shorts, like this, this uh, the kind of shit we used to wear, like I his mean, kids and shit. They look like the kids. They look like he's wearing his kids' shorts. That's what yeah, it looks like. They do. Like he's wearing they got ten, the, twelve when he should uh, be in an adult large. Um, yeah, they got the nerve to have a striped shirt with the the Elvis collar on the damn thing too to make it worse. Yeah, you know, well, like, yeah, and I, I think wish. a lot. Of, I think at this point in time, I think pretty much every white writer. Um, wanted some heat, all the heroes to be freaking Tom Selleck a little bit. You know what I mean? Like with the it pop collars, time frame. You know, yeah. it is. It kind of it's yeah. just Magnum T uh, T X C brother. T-A. It's just Magnum. 
Magnum, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about Magnum Scott Hall too? But we won't do that. Yeah. All right. So um And he's yeah. got a pink cane, one glove, a where's Waldo shirt with the collar up and some <laughs> extra medium stockings with yeah. some gym socks and gym shoes on. Yeah, it, and this mean, is his first nice. appearance. They did him like they're like, You gotta go job for your first appearance. <laughs> then we can talk about a title run. You gotta go lay down right now. I mean, and his shorts are not exactly on his waist. They're closer to above his belly button. I mean, so they're really yeah. not helping bruh out at all, man. I mean, they're no, really not a, not a good look. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. the new character, they establish immediately that he's Native American, as you see. I think that's his father or an elder or something. Elder. Out of his, yeah, at yeah, his hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, we got to make sure he couldn't just been a Native American. You got to show the Native Native American to make sure that he's Native American. Um, mm-hmm. He had to put his feather on before he left the house. Exactly. And, well, and you, you, well, and you know, you always wonder, like, all right, is he gonna give Shaman a shout out too, just to make sure we tie it up because they all know each other. Because they all knew each other. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, he's there. He, they're there because they had asked him to design a weapon that would be able to take the powers of a metahuman, primarily for mutants. And yeah. they're there. He said he's designed it. He doesn't know. It's a prototype. He's not sure if it takes powers permanently or if it takes it temporarily. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of testing needs to be done, and this is going to come back up later, um, that that weapon is actually going to be taken from him and used, which we're getting to the next issue. Um, mm-hmm. He also has a mutant scanner as well, and nobody knows. You know, Raven is shift shift uh, shape shifted, and he kind of does this joke like, "Oh, there's one mutant in the room. Oh, it's just me." And you know, and Raven was about to like, "I got to kill all these motherfuckers." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say something. I said if you did, that was, that was, that was well, hilarious. Well, I was reading this. Like, I got to kill. Like, oh, I got to kill all of y'all. <laughs> if you freaking find me out, everybody's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And poor Valerie. <laughs> talk mean, about she, Rom the Space Knight while we're here. Yeah, and oh, yes, Lord. it was there. Yes, we do. Um, he's awful. <laughs> uh, and I got, and again, I think every podcast turns into a, I wish my brother was here. Because uh, yeah, my yeah. brother loves some damn Rom the Space Knight, man. Really? Loved I didn't know that. It. Oh, my God. Hush <laughs> loved Rom. He had all them issues. We got to talk about race, too. And they're fucking awful. Uh, as well. um, right. But. Yes, my brother loved Rom the Space Knight, and um, and uh, for you children that don't know anything about Rom the Space Knight, Google it. Um, and two, uh, he's basically a robot from space whose yep. head is as square as a loaf of bread. I don't think like he's a robot. Yeah. Is yeah. he not a robot? Well, what is I he? I think that's armor. Is it armor? Really? Is there something underneath that? Because they look straight up like a robot the way they used I to call they, them. I didn't like know that. there was not even the suit. Wow. I don't know. He's terrible, though. And he has this, <laughs> and we'll just refer to all generic weapons as neogenic recombinators. He has a neogenic recombinator. <laughs> he had several neogenic several. recombinators. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. he had to fight these people that were from or around his home planet area that were called wraiths, who basically look like, uh, Scooby Doo, yeah, Dire Race. They look like Scooby Doo villains. Oh um, wow! That you can't rip the like the heads off of them, you know, to see if it was the mayor or whoever. That, uh, <laughs> but that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, Rom I mean, was a toy with with nothing yeah. to it, and 
then they yeah. made a story out of it. And then you, I yeah, will yeah. always read like, oh, you got to go read Rom. That's the shit. That's one of the things. I don't know how many times you guys have fallen about falling for this, but like you read stuff that you like. Oh, okay, yeah, go check that out. And then you just hate yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Fell for it again. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, fell for it again. Yeah. On a, on a, on a similar topic, somebody I got pulled into. Man, you should go see John Wick. All right. What the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna choke somebody after I watch that. Like, How dare you? But anyway, all right. So. Uh, like, y'all got to stop recommending some dumb stuff. Um, <laughs> anywho, yeah, so, yeah, that's part of it, too, uh, with Ram and this diaries, and which will come up at the end of the next issue as well. Um, again, uh, Big Hutch, big fan of Ram. I never got to when you were actually talking about um, Caliban or whatever. Uh, he listened to the podcast for once. And he was uh, like, I can't believe y'all got that many people to listen to or to listen to them <laughs> issues about <Sparky> Caliban. <laughs> he got a good point. That is a, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a feat. Yeah, that is itself. weird. It's not yeah. exactly two of the greatest issues of all time, man. But anyway, <laughs> nope. Um, I was just making fun so, of him. That was about the best of it. Yeah, so. <laughs> I feel like the worse the comic book, the better the uh, the better the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> you got to fill in the gaps of some of that crap. Um, right. So the book shifts to Rachel Summers again. Now we saw Rachel last in we saw Rachel last in Days of Future Past. Now she has made her way back through the timeline here, but she's only appeared, I believe, in the New Mutants up to this point. Um, yeah, I'm wondering about that because yeah, it seems like a cold open. Yes, yeah, a very cold opening. Yes, yeah, she was in the New Mutants because she makes a reference to seeing oh, Ilyana. Ilyana, and um, <laughs> and uh, there's and so she's basically she's basically doing Bishop fifteen years before Bishop does Bishop. Mm, she's a misplaced yep. person here. The timeline doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. In her timeline, everybody was dead. And this will all become mm-hmm. apparent as we get more and more Rachel Summers as we get closer to two hundred. And um, she's not sure what's, what timeline that she's actually in. And it's going to lead to her being literally displaced. She doesn't know where she's going. Um, and then Celine senses her because she's very powerful. And yeah. Celine's like, I got stuck that shit. And so Celine is trying to, to track her down because she senses that she's a powerful mutant that she could feast off of her. It leads to a club scene where, you know, Rachel runs into a club. Um, this is I, I, this is just where my mind is, by the way. Okay, so she's running. She runs into this club to hide. This gentleman inside the club takes a, a uh, I wouldn't say a liking to her, but, you know, he wants to care and take care of her or whatever. And I was thinking, uh-huh. in a modern comics, she definitely would have wound up in, like, sex trade or some shit like that. Like, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like it, this was not yeah. going to end up in some happy moment. Like it was like, oh, and then she was captured and sold into the Sudan, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like it was never seen again. Like, and then her, yeah. you know, her father Scott he was going to be taken. <laughs> you know, where he had to go find <laughs> something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And I was like, well, this is a nice story. And I remember reading this as a kid. I was like, wow, man, that's a really nice person. You know, I'd never been to New York at that point. He's like, man, you're going to take her in, and, you know, everything is going to be A-OK, man. Oops. I think they um, go out of their way to say, like, no, she read his mind and knew she was not going to get raped in advance. 
So, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the black dude had to be the bad guy here, though, too. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> every, time <I> tried, <laughs> every time I was reading his brother Beavis, when she's trying to eat whatever, he's like, not in them shoes. Uh, <laughs> 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 Especially not in them shoes. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm dying, man. Um, so, yeah. So, it doesn't work out. She goes back to his house. He's living opulently, for sure. And she's like, wow, you know, you deserve a bath. I'm like, everything that's here is set up is yep. to be sold into the sex trade, man. Everything. Yeah, yeah this and is kind of does, another version I've taken. It, it really is. It and is. Yeah. So it doesn't quite work out that way, obviously, because Celine did follow her and suck the dog or whatever out of that dude and turn him into a corpse. And yep. now we have this battle that happens inside of this man's apartment. And, um, again, Rachel is a, uh, I think she's classified as a a class five mutant, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Well, later on when she gets to Phoenix, right now she's powerful, but she's not quite that level. But yeah. So, but she's a powerful mutant, and she's um, going. She has uh, now. What powers does? And actually, I had to re-remember myself. Rachel is the daughter of Jean and Scott, correct? Yeah, from a future timeline. Yes. Okay. She's, she's Marvel Girl on steroids, basically. Okay, okay. okay so she, has, cable. she has the same power. She's te- she has telekinesis and telepathy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just without the Phoenix effect. Yet. Yeah. At first. She, yeah. At yeah. first. She fights on good. Yeah. She fights on good. good. Yeah. yeah. Psyche's probably amazing, the monster or something like that. And uh, amazing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, they have this battle between two, and because Celine has uh, psychic and uh, telepathic powers as well, that's her uh, sucking of the marrow out of people. And I don't they think have she this, has. I think she has telepathic te- telepathic defenses, but I don't think she has like a mind attack. Okay. Oh, okay. Because well, she has her. Because her power, she controls inanimate objects, including mm-hmm. fire, apparently. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, and the funny right. thing is too, and in this scene as well. Um, or in this book, they were like, oh, yeah, and by the way, a gas line and an electrical line, they just blow up. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) There was no, like, oh, Wolverine cut those so the water, you know, we could use a dark, you know, a blackout later in life or whatever. It was just like, yeah, and then these two things, they decided to blow up. All right. (laughs) Well, because she's ripping up the floor. You think that's what it is? That's implied, yeah. She's ripping up the floor yeah. and smothering over the floor. Below Apparently. the floor, unnoticed yeah. by the two combatants, gas and electrical lines rupture. All that needed is a spark. And when it comes, yow! Is there actual <clears throat> words there? Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, she can control fire, too. Yeah, that seems a little nebulous. I'm like, hey, yeah, cool. Yeah. I can do that. She's, she's way powerful. Yeah, yeah Selena's super powerful. I just yeah, she's way I powerful. I remember reading these books back in the day, and I was like, man, I, this chick kind of scares me a little bit. You know, I don't like vampires either. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that. But I don't like Rachel Gray, like, at all, or Summers or whatever the hell she is. Like, you kill her um, all the time, and a day over. I don't, I don't like Rachel Summers. No, nothing good about her in any of the story. Can you think of a good Rachel Summers story, Brother Beavis? You need to send that question over to our other friend on the line who's read more Excalibur than I have. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sandman, you read. And I didn't read Excalibur, and you were a big fan. Yeah, that was. She was in that. Any good Rachel Summers stories? 
Um, yeah, there are there are a few as well. Uh, she meets alternate versions of Jean Grey, and Marvel loves fucking her over. I tell you what, they uh, basically every time she meets another version of her parents, they end up getting killed, and so she <laughs> basically relives relives her nightmarish childhood all over again. And and then you could tell they just didn't know what to do with her because she lives just in limbo for like years. The character just kind of disappeared from Excalibur. Right. So they just had something to do with the uh, uh, the apocalypse far future. She got flung into the future to save Captain Britain for some reason in a story that made no sense. And mm-hmm. uh, eventually they they started just bringing her back for no reason, good reason again. And yeah, I mean now she's she's part of the X Men now, so they're actually trying to use her some kind of give some kind of justice to the character. And but uh, yeah, they for years they just kind of like fucked her over again yeah. again. So, yeah. She's in a part there's of this gold and blue thing? Um, is yeah, she a part of that? Uh, okay. She's, she's yeah, because uh, we, we actually mentioned it on the podcast. She's got a new okay. name. It's not Phoenix anymore or something. I forget what it was, but yeah, she's there. Yeah. 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 I don't think that that's a reason to go collect that book. No. No, I, was, I didn't say that. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say she's probably a part of one of the teams. That's it. Wow. All right, well, then, as she's starting to lose her battle, we finally, the X-Men finally come back um, uh, as the cavalry comes. You have this battle inside of this man's building, apartment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's just the standard, like, comic book stuff, nothing real major. Uh, for some reason, they send Nightcrawler to go battle Selene. Um What? <laughs> um, yeah, some again, questionable tactics going on. Yeah, here. typical strength. Uh, <laughs> Shit, I'm strength, uh, he's not hurting anything or anybody. Um, uh, so then when they finally send in the bruiser, it's Rogue. Um, and then she's thinking, oh, I'm going to take her powers or whatever, but that doesn't exactly happen either when she um, does that. It's just it's just nothing. Like, nobody, like, she's taking apart the whole team Spider-Man style, essentially. Like, nobody mm-hmm. can touch her. And uh, then yeah. we have to get, Xavier has to get involved in the astral plane to fight against her, and he's pretty much the only one that can push her off. Now, Xavier's back in the field leading uh, the team, even though there's been a little bit of, you know, drama about if he should and when he should and how he should do it. Um, but he is back into the field and actually storm giving props. It's like, wow, he's like, like a natural leader and this, that, and the other about it. Um, but yes, he is back and trying to do his thing. Um, I, I don't know. Brother Beavers, what were you thinking as you were reading this issue 30 years later? It, it's a big fight and they go, I mean, they, they establish her as, you know, a big bad and, you know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember she ends up in a whole lot of significant stories. But yeah, I mean mm-hmm. I thought like you know, Storm I, I realize this happens right after uh right after uh Secret Wars, but you know, Storm's still in her field, still not sure if she wants to be a leader. I'm like, damn, can, is how long is this thing right? <laughs> obviously yeah. Yeah. yeah, she got old real quick. Man. Yeah, but yeah. They were uh they they they, you you put it you put it exactly right. They got beat Spider Man style. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Almost, <laughs> yeah, there was nothing yeah. that they were gonna do if he doesn't step in. Nothing. He had to <laughs> mind rape Celine too. Um, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> uh, because yeah, on their own they weren't having any kind of success with her. Um, yeah, not at all. And the book kind of ends like kind of anticlimactic. Like 
they, you know, once the lean gets run off, they're like, are you all right, child? And she's like, you know, roll call of, hey, why are you here? What timeline am I in? You're alive? Yeah. What? He's alive? What? 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 And then, you yeah, know, she's just walking, you know, yeah. yeah, she kind of collapses and like, you know, and, uh, oh, and, and then that's pretty much it. Um, the future timeline stuff is kind of off-putting a little bit too, and you know X-Men and a lot of books are going to get into this really as you start to turn late mid to late eighties, early nineties about like well you know you have this person coming from this timeline. The X-Men are the worst at it, but this person is from this timeline, and what if the, and there's really no ramifications. It's like like one thing happened and then that discontinued the other. Pretty much all of them just wind up on the main timeline, and you have to deal with it. And um, mm-hmm. Rachel Gray Summers is the worst of the bunch of them. In my, I mean, not as bad as Cable, but it's 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 close. No, nah, she's not that bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, they're they're related, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And there's uh, yeah, I remember there's a scene that's in one of these X Men books where she's like holding the baby or something like that. Yeah, that's uh, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. They didn't do Rachel no hair, no um credit or no justice with that haircut either. Mm. Yeah, that looks terrible. Yeah. And oh by and by the way, which one of us didn't know who didn't know that that was Jean Grey's daughter, by the way? Yeah. She's right. got already got the name Summers. <laughs> yeah, um, you're you know. you're redheaded and you have the exact same powers and your name is Summers. That's yeah. a coincidence. <laughs> they really didn't bother trying, hmm. did they? All right. well, but again, if we go through Cyclops' pimp game tour, I mean, shit, man, you know, I don't know. It could have been anybody. Anybody. have been leaving little redheaded kids all over. The yeah, exactly. It'd be calling me a kid for all we know, man. I don't know. He don't know. Cyclops is getting it in. All right. And then our last <laughs> and sending pictures to Professor X. <laughs> exactly. Oh shit. So yeah. Um the last issue is issue one eighty five. It's Rogue is the cover says Rogue is public enemy number one. What? Um it's a pretty cool cover actually <laughs> because she looks like she has because you know what's going to happen. It looks like she has Storm's power because her eyes are glossed over white, like Storm uses her powers, and then she's holding Storm by her thing. We've never talked about uh, Rogue's secondary uniform, um, the smock and belt. Um, <laughs> that's all right. Like, it's like the, the sweater, she's missing the shoulder pads. I mean, it's so 80s. It's <laughs> pathetic. Um, I, get the, I get the feeling it's just John Romita Jr. just kind of likes to draw all that kind of stuff. He likes wrinkles in clothes, if you look like. Just look at this opening okay. panel with him looking at her uh, uh, flying in, their, uh, in, in this meeting room. He loves yeah, he was, the wrinkles. He was discovering stuff. his interest in lines at the time. Yes. yes. That's it. He's lying. Very lying. Very lying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, one of my weirdness things, too, when I was reading this book the first time, I was like, um... What's up with Guy Rich's suit on that long shot? I know. Who the hell is yeah. he? Yeah. Like Craig Sager? We rest in peace. But he looked like one of them jackets from Craig Sager, man. Like, golly, what's up with I thought thing? he was wearing Predator skin or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. And uh, I, mean, I guess we should talk Henry Peter Garrick a little bit. And only because he appears in, um, he appears in the original X-Men movie played by... Uh, a rando Calrissian dude that has, you know, mm-hmm. they was like, yeah, it's Henry Peter. Henry mm-hmm. Garrick. Okay. And he gets killed. He's, yeah. He blows up. Mystique. Or he's or, dead. Yeah. 
Um, and then I think no, he appears no. in another X Men movie as well. Um, well yeah. he's in X three. He's yeah. in X three because he's played by a black guy. It's uh, by. Um, oh, that's right. When the build no, the build dude yeah, played Bill, uh, actually. Yeah. Uh, he played uh, the other dude, the Sentinel, the guy that made Sentinels. Well, I can't think yeah. of his name right now. Who was betrayed no, by? Uh, play, I thought the black guy played Gyric. The dude, you know, you know, you done fucked up, guy. From um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Bill yeah, That's Bill Yeah, uh, you done fucked up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he played right. him. Uh, I might then, be wrong. I don't know. I, I thought he played the other dude, Trash. Oh, okay. Oliver Trash. Trash. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, he's yeah. uh, such a prominent character in X Men, and then in the Avengers as well. Like, I'm kind of surprised he's never shown up in a like a Marvel Avengers movie at this point. They might not. Because he, yeah, I guess, but he's not a mutant. Technically, yeah, but so, yeah, I mean, the way, yeah, the way that way the way the deal is, they kind of just divide all the characters up by where. But if they, they can get Scarlet Witch, and, they can get Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. They can certainly get Henry Peter Gyrick. You would well, think. I mean, not that he's like, the necessary. villains. It's like the villains go along with the property, but right. Scarlet Witch is a hero. She's Avengers yeah. hero and X Men villain. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, she's, she's, she's not a mutant. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but he's a yeah. good. Behind the scene villain in the X Men, yeah. where everybody's comic kind of books, the fact that he's always manipulating and scheming, and you know, manipulating and mm-hmm. scheming criminals in movies are much easier to produce and make yeah. them whatever than it is, you know, making a big bad all the time. So I was like, yeah. I always wonder like why he hadn't wound up in like one of the Marvel movies. Um, but well, basically, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say the. Uh, he was in the Avengers, not quite as much as the X Men, obviously. But they, there was a storyline where they had uh, Gyrick and um, Doctor Cooper had the Avengers all locked up because they thought mm-hmm. they were a threat. And uh, it was a, it was a, I can't remember what storyline it was, but it was a considerable amount, you know, because they mm-hmm. they had to, uh, you know, the Avengers had to continually deal with them as an adversary several okay. times. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, they, if Marvel pushed it, if they wanted to, they could probably use them. They just yeah. don't need to. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I always saw him as like the kind of weaselly guy in the background that would make you know make move you know make sense for one of these movies. Um, but yes, they've decided that Rogue is public enemy number one, um, and that they have got this weapon now that they have stolen from Forge to try out. Now Raven didn't didn't know that they stole the weapon, and when she finds out. You know, she's really upset with Valerie because, by the way, Valerie and Raven are pulling off a bed in Veronica thing. And, um, <laughs> yeah, they literally look and, like and, him, too. And, and, and Gyrick is Archie. So, um, <laughs> so they're, they're really upset by it. Uh, she's really upset by it, obviously, because she doesn't want her daughter to get hit with this weapon and have it do whatever it's going to do to her. And it, there's, you know, there's just this. Uh, undercurrent that's going to come up a little bit later in the book about what Mystique should or should not do in regards to Rogue. Uh, the book shifts back later on to the back to the mansion where Xavier is mind raping Rachel Summers to see <laughs> where she's from, what does she know, where did she come from, you know, and, you know, again, once they're time shifted, it makes Xavier's powers like useless. He's like, well, you know, I can't really get around. You know, I can't sense. You know, you know, there's all these things he can't do through. But yes, so uh, <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, 
Can you, can you, well, I don't know. This business with Rachel's taking a while. Okay, well, can you just look for her? Well, she's half alien. Well, what the fuck can you do? <laughs> <laughs> her physiology is half alien and half uh, whatever. It's like, oh my God. Like, and then jump shot ain't like, shit either. But <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, too, I was like, all right, you're in New York. Rogue is going to wind up being in Mississippi. Okay, that's far. But you, yep. you need some rebo for that? <laughs> you ain't got some sort of like side link with her at this point in time? Has she been on the team? No, nothing. You need you need to be augmented. All right. So yeah, they have to go find Rogue, and there's a little intercut scene with Scott and Rachel where she calls him. Uh, it is a touchstone phone, which is pretty nice. Um, but, yeah, she calls and hears her dad's voice on the phone, and she cries because he's supposed to be dead, but he's not really dead. And it's just, I don't know. Scott Schiller's like a daddy, daddy and mom, but that yeah. ain't her mom. And that ain't your mama, girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think it is. Um, but, yeah, Scott looks like a dick when he answers the phone, too. He's like, huh? <laughs> what? But, like, the way that they're drawing, it's not, it's not a good look. I don't know. It's not a good look. But, anyway. This this is one that I got. I thought about you, brother, as I was reading this. So when it shifts again, they're like, "All right, back to the Pentagon." So Raven <laughs> has moved into the Pentagon, and not only <laughs> does she move in, but she's got a secret room in there as as whatever. But she's she also got an old she lady that she's hiding in there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of pushing the limits with this. Yeah, yeah I was like, like a holy stock bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so. I was like, who's going to get these groceries in this unmarked part that you're going into? And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, Mystique is a damn doomsday prepper, man. She done got all her stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness! They'll never find us in the Pentagon. Yeah, they'll never do that. That is not one of the targets. So I was just like, come on, man! Oh, the trimming reel. Oh, like, come on. I mean, what is the difference of telling that story inside the Pentagon as opposed to out of it? Like, that was, uh, like, yeah. I just <laughs> showed the abashed, I guess, nerve that she yeah. has, I guess. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of fucking nerve for you right there. I mean, that's crazy. Well, and, and he, <laughs> so. but they do lay the, frow- the groundwork for a story about Rogue that's going to play out for the next 20 years. You know, should she have her powers or shouldn't she have her powers? You know, is she going to be happy with her powers or not without her powers? I guess and if Big right. Hutch was there, he would say that's her broke back mountain. Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> he can't quit it. And um, <laughs> it, it's just, it's one of those, I mean, it's, and again, I was thinking about this too. I was like, you know, Rogue is not in a good place here. But she's also not in a good place for the next however many, and really until she, her and, uh, and Magneto start fucking, really. Yep. <laughs> because he's the only one that can touch her and, and you know, and not lose his powers. Yep. And that's pretty much it. I mean, she's a, it's a constant, well, should we or shouldn't? I don't know. If I have my powers, should I? I mean, it's constant. It's a back and forth. It, and it takes away from the character, in my opinion, too. But I mean that's basically it. So Mystique Until is like, the well, Jim Lee makeover, and then they're yeah. like, "Oh, damn, girl! Yeah, damn, mm-hmm. girl! Well, we're about to get some <laughs> damn girl here from Romita here, actually." Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But she, um, yeah, it was like, "What should we do? If I let her get hit with the weapon and she loses her powers, that's great. Then she'll come back to me, you know." 
But now, like, she's like, well, you know what the timeline is. Tell me what's going on. Well, the timeline is not uh, like, you are useless, you old fat. <laughs> <laughs> this book is now making a strong case for the importance of senior citizens. No, exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was, again, because I got too much time on my What do you see in the future? Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, it's like, that's going to be my answer for everything. Like, uh, hey, um. When is the uh, the McRib coming back? (laughs) (laughs) It's as if the very fabric of time has been turned asunder. I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) So, yeah, this is awful. So, yeah, and so they're getting ready for this message. Gyrick has turned into a green beret, like like his little hat and his little. That's hilarious, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Cooper's wearing one too. No, is she nice? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? What uh, you, Bull, you military persons? You you military person, Sam? Man, what ranking is that on his hat? Yeah, uh, bullshit. That's what it is. They don't exist. This shit, dude, they just made up some bullshit. Mutant Task Force X. How about that? Yeah, yeah that's all right. Good to know. <laughs> that, is that, that's fitting, ain't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's some, that's some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, Raven decides to be a tattletale, and she tells Ford, "Like, ooh, they took your gun. They got to shoot somebody. I'm telling Mama Raj." Oh. <laughs> And Forge is mad, like he is not happy at all that they took his gun, and he's going to actually, you know, get into his jet and shoot off towards to finding those people as well. From he Dallas, switched he out got from his old costume into his like unitard. Or, I don't know. Yeah. He's got like his pumping gas outfit on now. Yeah, he still got the pimp mm-hmm. cane though, and the collar. Well, okay. Yeah, he still got his cane. Yeah. So Forge got a private jet, but. The government mm-hmm. officials that's going on official government business got to drive across the country like Thelma and Louise. So, um, it's uh, terrible. But, yes, back in Mississippi, Rogue has gone to Mississippi because this is where she grew up. Um, we get the story of you want to do your Rogue story voice about Cody, <laughs> uh, Brother B. <laughs> Cody. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, so um, I was. I kind of wondered, like, because I never read stuff that close. I'm like, is Cody really a thing? Cody's really. A thing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was in the cartoon. It was. In, it was. Wait, in the, yeah, uh, the, cartoon, the, the TV. Yeah. Was, well, yeah, I know yeah. because that was. I didn't know if they like made up some rando to like shape her life, or that there was actually a, that was his name. That was the name. Yeah, that's an actual Cody. Yeah, she. I mean, she yeah. name checks him, in here, but she goes there because this is you know where she reconnects with nature. And unlike Storm, she does it with clothes on, and um, unfortunately. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they do rogues and jugglers here, man. They put her in, a like, a, a skimpy two-piece bikini, you know what I mean? Oh, she, yeah. She ain't terrible. I would say from the looks of her poses on the rocks there that she has not had her breasts augmented. They look <clears throat> real and natural. <laughs> Uh, you know, even even the tugboat people are, you know, hooting and hollering at her. I mean, this is making her feel good. Okay, you know, whatever it is, this is making her feel good about herself. And of course, now Storm comes in to cock block it. She's like, oh, yeah, oh, are, you feeling good? Are, are you in need of mammy services? Because <laughs> <laughs> Kitty has left, and I don't know what to do with myself. Um, Before Stevie rolls up in here, I, you know, yeah, I say, yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah. she ain't got no. I, my knees are perfectly fine. 
You know, if we're just putting resumes up, I got towers and my knees work. Steven, not so much. That's all I'm saying. Um, so they have this conversation about, well, one, with Cody, and then two, you know, about her powers being out of control and not being able to, um, what, like, about her place and if she should be with the, the Brotherhood or she should be with the X-Men. She's like, she's just not sure. Storm's like, I trust you. You know, I'm going to let you have my powers. And she touches Storm, and she is allowed to get her powers. And this is something that happened in the issue, too, with Cyclops. Like, okay, so she absorbs these other people's powers pre in previous books, and then she's, like, completely out of control. She can't control it. She doesn't know what she's doing. Cyclops gives her Xavier's powers, one of the most powerful people on the planet, and then talks her through it like it was the horse whisperer. It's okay, girl. <laughs> yeah, just get into that mind, girl. Ain't no worry about no thing. And it's the same thing with Storm. Like, after, like, three panels, she's, like, making, like, tornadoes and shit. Yeah, well, but, but the the difference here is that, because they, they, they explain it in, in comic book terms, is that she willingly gives up her powers. And so since right. it's not a conflict, then she can use them. But every other time, she's basically stolen people's powers. Yeah. Right. I guess. That's because comics. Like, in, in, yeah, in the sense of being able to control it, though, you know, like, I, you know, they always talk about how Storm has to be in so control of her emotions and to do whatever to, to make storms and things that they don't get out of control. And then it does get out of control for her here in a little bit. But for the most mm-hmm. part, like, she's able to do these things and, you know, and not have it to be a problem. Now, of course, it's going to be a problem later because it's a comic book. And... um the the NSA or the secret military mutant police do show up and they zap Rogue in the back with Forge's secret uh, neogenic recombinator. And she goes down hard <laughs> and Storm is still out. And this actually, I was reading this panel. This is actually set up pretty well. Like, I, I was actually thinking that this might, this would look good like in a movie, like, you know, in an updated type of thing. This would actually work. Um, but Rogue's in between her powers and Ro- and Storm's powers, she's not really she can't really fight back in that in that sense, and um, it's just going on and on. But yeah, it, it's setting up this end of the book here story where they are going to fire the weapon like on full blast. The first time they hit Rogue with it, they only did it on half blast. Now, you could say that they shot the weapon at the white girl on stun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 uh. but when they loaded it up the second time for the black person, they had it set to kill. You could say that. You could, but I'm just but saying. You, yeah. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. But yeah, so once once Storm regains consciousness and she sees that Rogue is in trouble, like hold up, hold up, you going after my girl? Hold up, we're not having this. But then she turns her back on the wrong people. It sets it sets uh, up for. For kill, and then to help Rogue get out of the way. By the way, I don't. Uh, she gave Rogue back her her freaking shoulder pad outfit. Like, hey, hey, I brought your uniform. <laughs> you can't be fighting girls in this bikini, girl. She's yeah, get some leather and a vest. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she doesn't provide any justification for that. She's like, hey, yeah, yeah it's, it's a strange moment. There's no reason for it. <laughs> but, yeah, I brought yeah, it back whatever. for you. Oh, thanks. Um, so, yeah, they set it, and then Storm gets hit with the blast, full blast, not on stun. She somehow loses control of her powers before she loses her powers, and boom, splash, everybody's in the water. 
Now they set up this what is going to be a, a lengthy romance between Forge and Storm starts here because after he takes her from out of the water here where she's lost her powers, he's going to convalesce her for a little bit of time before he starts sliding her that D. And then, because um, <laughs> it is like I mean, you know, reading ahead, it is more of a like a a, a patient, uh, a doctor patient yeah. relationship at first, and then it stops being that. Or yeah, yeah. So um, right. yes, and so uh, Rogue is still pit, or excuse me, Forge is super pissed off that uh, this happened because they took his weapon over there. He doesn't know if it's permanent or uh, if it's temporary. And then the last panel is the race that we talked about. The de- or is it demon or, di- or what are they? Dire race. Dire race. Dire yeah. race. Yeah. yeah, Scooby-Doo builds. And um, they have noticed that the, pe- that the, the humans have a neogenic, neogenic recombinator and that we must monitor the humans with their neogenic recombinator before we can, you know, uh, before they destroy us or something along those lines. And then they decide that they got to kill Forge because he's the one to design the weapon. And then that's how the book ends. That's it. So Rogue um, is not powerless. Storm is what we're going to know is powerless because she got hit with this weapon. And she stays powerless for a, for a while. I yes. mean, she is powerless past. Is it years? Like 100 years. issues, isn't it? Yeah, she gets. It, it, that might be uppers into the 220s by the time she gets her powers back. Maybe and it's longer than that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's during the fall of the mutants. Uh, thing, no. I believe when she finally she doesn't know. get her powers back then. She doesn't get her powers back until she till the Genosha stuff, when she gets oh, wow. turned into like a child, I think. And then when and she mm. comes out of that, she has her powers again. The, she may, she the, remanifests the, her powers. Okay, well that I mean that's about since she's meeting Gambit, which is like yep. two sixty six. So no, it's not that long. It's uh, oh to it's, the internet, there, brother Revis. There there's a is there there's an issue where Forge actually helps her with, with his. Native American mystical links or whatever. It's a, yeah, that's, it's a that's weird all issue. Immune. They get they get shuttled off to. Oh, does he bring her? Does he get her powers? Yeah. yeah, that's initially that's how she gets her powers back because there's some kind of like ritual they set up. I don't understand what the hell happens, but it's uh, um, they're trying to uh, realign her with the the, the Earth, I guess, mm-hmm. with the biosphere yeah. or some shit like that. I don't, okay. I don't know. It it ends up working for him though. That's I thought that was fallen mutants. I might be wrong. I don't know. Well, her fighting Cyclops without powers and getting leadership back from them is like yeah, two, uh, is that two o two? Yeah, that's not or two. I think it's right before. No, no, you're right. I think it's, it's right after trial the, of Magneto. the Magneto trial because I know the the art the art is different in it. And that's when uh, mm. Ramita is gone after that um, for that issue. So yeah, you're yeah, two o one, two o two. It is two twenty four. Two twenty four. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it wasn't that long. <laughs> when she gets her power, it, it was a long time. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's still a, that is a long time though. Jeez. It is a long time. I mean, we're talking what for? I mean, sixty some odd issues, so about five mm-hmm. years. Two twenty seven. Yeah, I that mean, is that's crazy. They they kept that on for a while, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, wonder if they had plans on permanently keeping her uh, new power or something. I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, and I don't know. But I also know, and I can't remember because I hadn't read the books in a while, and we'll go through it as we're reading them, obviously, is that I don't remember much about, like, Storm outside of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't right. remember, like, like, stories attached to her being powerless other than the, the situation that comes up with Cyclops. Um, 
But mm, yeah. uh, like I'm kind of like looking forward to reading those now because you know again they've taken her on quite the journey from you know yeah. where she was to getting to this point and then you know still leaving her to be the leader of the X Men without her powers um, and still being right. like one of the more popular characters in the book. So um, right. it'll right. it'll be a good it'll be a good inch, uh, good read um, you know kind of for the future. You know looking mm-hmm. ahead from here. And I, I didn't. I know like 186 is the the forge and um, storm deepening of their relationship, but then I think the books take a little bit of a turn again um, into yeah. some uh, not really uh, their best uh, moments after that. God, man, this thing keeps freaking. Uh, I hate this app. This is why you're supposed to buy the books, brother Beaver. I'm just saying. I think this is the sign. My pop-up blocker is fierce, and it still drops through, man. Oh, my God. Wow. So, yeah, anyway. But, yeah, so that's that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll end up that in that portion of the, uh, the, the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat. The other portion of our, our little side topic today or tonight is um, the Logan movie. Uh, now, it is it started tonight. You could have called it a Thursday night showing. The previews have been out for a probably uh, – the blackout has probably been lifted for about a week or so now. Um, it's got a really high grade on Rotten Tomatoes um, relatively – I mean, in fact, I think it was into the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. 90s, 95 last time I checked. 95 wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So – you know, people allegedly enjoy it. So what are your thoughts uh, knowing that people, and I've read some of the reviews and people that I, you know, know and trust have said to me that it's good. And some people that I know mm-hmm. and trust have also said that it's not good. Um, so, really? mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, shout out to, I think it's like three black geeks. Uh, they were like, that movie's not very good. Um, and it's long and nothing happens. And I'm like, oh, mm, so right. that's not a good look. But I've also seen some other people, too, that were like, oh, man, it was really awesome. You know, whatever. So mm-hmm. looking ahead, based on what happened the first two times, uh, Brother Beavis, <laughs> what's, your, what's your anticipation <laughs> of Logan potentially being good? Well, uh, so I guess my sense, based on the reviews, is that it's probably – a good movie, I guess if you're into like what did I call it, Little Miss Sunshine meets The Walking Dead without zombies. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's, it's a good like it's it could be a good movie, but like why is it an X Men movie? It's like a regular drama, sort of sci fi drama that just happens to have Wolverine and Professor X in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like it doesn't further than unless it somehow ties in and then ties back. If it doesn't really further serve the the story, then is it just sort of to like, you know, a last handy for Hugh Jackman and and, mm-hmm. and yeah. Professor X on the way out? I, I don't yeah, understand right. the point of the movie. Right. I, I think I read somewhere that somebody was like, if you if Marvel could miss or they could Fox could just keep making these types of movies, it's good. They could just keep making these movies if they don't care anything about continuity, just to make a bunch of one offs, and it would yeah. work perfectly fine. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe that's exactly. the strategy. Just make these one-offs. Don't tie them together. You don't need a air quotation universe to be successful. 
and just kind of do your own thing, you know, based on what's happened with the first two me- movies, um, brother, or excuse me, Sandman, what's, mm. what's your thought that, and I know you read and listen to a lot more reviews probably than I do about Logan. Right. Right. Um, I think, well, I, just like you did earlier, I was looking at a couple of uh, the YouTube, um, movie channels that I trust the reviews on. And they basically say the same thing. It's, it's good. It's, um, a lot of drama in it, a lot of, it's R-rated, it's a lot of violence, I mean, gore, to the point where where they said they were shocked, Uh, so Mm -hmm. that's probably going to turn some people off, but other people are like, well, hell, this is the Wolverine we've been waiting to see for, since 2000, 17 years, Mm -hmm. and ironic, I was talking to somebody today at work, it's like, it's typical Fox, they finally get a Wolverine movie right, and now their star is leaving them forever. More likely, you know, who knows if he's going to try to come back for Deadpool or Gammy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, from what I've heard is it's not a superhero movie. It's kind of like what Beavis said. It's a, mo- a movie about deconstructing superhero movie, if that makes sense. It's more, it's a drama with just happens to have Logan, Wolverine, and Professor X, and probably a test bed for X-23 since they're, I don't know how the hell they would do that because it sounds like a straight up standalone that sets apart from any um, continuity and Fox really doesn't have any continuity, but mm-hmm. um, any other movie they would have. So I think it's seriously, I think it's a, a test bed for X-23 if they could try to shoehorn her into some kind of future uh, X-Men movie, you know, they can maybe not in this, from this timeline, but uh, in their regular timeline, they could just have that store, um, another um, uh, X-23 show up and people will be delighted with it because it's another version of Wolverine. If it works or not, who knows? But uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. we talked about this on one of the other podcasts that Fox had the balls, so to speak, to um, like make X-23 the, air quotation, Wolverine moving forward in these movies. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think they I got them. Long term, it's not going to work. People are just not no. going to really accept no, that. People, if they want. people aren't going to want their. They're, they're just they're going to want to see Wolverine as some dude, and that's I, mm-hmm. that's just me. I could be wrong. I kind of hope I am wrong that we could be moved past that, but I don't think we are in terms of fanboys. Whatever, I don't right. think they're past that yet. Yeah, um, Wolverine's too popular. Yeah. Have to, I'll throw this out there because this uh, Hutch brought this up too. Um, isn't it possible that this movie is getting like uh, we'll call it rave reviews, air quotation, just because it's not Origins and The Wolverine? Brother Partially, like it's just it's just not it's just not as bad as the other ones, so it's good. Brother yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that you know the, the sort of the Batman Begins effect. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's entirely possible. I mean because they've they've gotten like. I know some people loved the second Wolverine movie when it came out and called their friends and told them how great it was. Uh, and subsequently, I don't know what you're talking about. And subsequently, I started to realize, you know what? This is actually kind of boring. And yeah, it only lightly you touches on the in. story. Yeah. yeah. It only actually lightly touches on the story that it's drawn from. And it really has a dumb ending. Yeah, 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 it's so they, it's they, they screwed up a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, bone marrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better. It's it's better. It's it, you can't mistake better for good. And, yeah, uh, they right, have to get right. better for a long row 
maybe to make an actual good movie, but yeah, who knows? I, and I kind of, I, yeah, I, I kind of think that is where we are with this. Like that's my, that's my initial impression going in. Like I'm going in with, I would almost say suicide squad esque expectations. Mm. Like I'm going in super low, uh, whatever people low are saying, I'm going to try to, to keep that as low as possible in the hopes that I will be able to enjoy it because I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I remember those other two movies and oh, yeah. I may have had an initial liking <laughs> to that movie on the yeah, original yeah. watch, but it's also <laughs> like, well, it's not origin. So it's not that bad. And right. I think on rewatch, um, yeah, it, 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 yeah. The Wolverine is not Origins, and that that even suffered from that or or benefited from it because it's not Origins. So right. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't have any real high expectations. I told y'all before we started recording that I wanted to. Um, you, you're thinking you're going to see it this weekend, uh, Sandman? Yeah, I'm more than likely. If uh, my boy is uh, available, we'll probably go see it. Yeah. Okay. Brother Beavis, you, I think you said okay. something about your nephew. No, I might try and see it like next week, middle of the week. Okay. Okay. And I said that I um would be looking into some of my uh, international sources um, <laughs> to possibly see it because I don't know if that I want to – because, again, it's going to be something I have to go see by myself because, um I you know, my wife ain't going to see that shit and I can't take my kids to it. So, yeah, not to um, this. Yeah. No. So it's going to be, and I don't do movies by myself typically. So now I'm going to be sitting there kind of waiting for it to pop up on, on an international screening and, you know, kind of seeing how it goes. I'm like, I mean, you know, I mean, I'll wait for, you know, Sandman and I'll wait for Brother Beavis or whatever to mm-hmm. tell me and what they thought of it. But um, mm-hmm. am I rushing out to see it? And I was like, mm, nah, I'm good. I got burned on the midnight screen of origins. So, Ooh, I think double win. Oh, yeah, yeah, double win. It was awful. So yeah, okay, cool. All right, so that we'll probably have a Logan. Uh, probably, you know, probably the time next next time we do this podcast, we'll probably have the Logan review up. Uh, hopefully, it won't be so terrible um, that we could at least say something nice about Hugh Jackman's uh, exit out of the X universe or out of Wolverine. All right. Um, so that'll conclude the Thursday night comic book chat for Brothers Comics. Um, trying to think of any brothers comics business. Uh, blah, 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 blah. uh was there South Carolina Comic Con? Uh, the weekend of March the twenty fifth. Um, we have Florida RetroCon in April. I'm gonna be paneling there, although I can't really remember what panel I'm doing. Um, it just got approved, but I don't remember <laughs> which one I submitted. I want to say that one is for because it's the RetroCon. I want to say it's for Archie. I'm almost 100% certain it's for Archie. Uh, so we'll be paneling on uh, Archie. Uh, and I was, we'll talk offline there, uh, Sandman, but I don't know if you want to try to make that trip down there. I'm still waiting on the press pass. Uh, right, Booker T right. is going to be there. And so oh, that, that's wow. a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. that's happening. Yeah, so okay. uh, it, how, there you go, Brother Beavis. How popular do you think the line is going to be for Booker T in Miami? Hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> when we went to when we went to MegaCon or Tampa Bay Con, uh, Tampa Bay, yeah. was that where we yeah. saw? 
No, or was that Paradise City where uh, where Rikishi was? Was was that where Rikishi no, was? No, he, he he wasn't that. You know, he wasn't that uh, Tampa. That, um, okay, it was at Paradise City. So I, was I definitely with, uh, remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I was with Franklin. I was like, um, there was nobody trying to see Rikishi at all. Rikishi? Yeah, Rikishi was. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't ever that big to begin with, was he? That's well, he was plenty big. I mean, Buddy, he was big. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he? He was in the middle of the uh, Hogan yeah. Bret Hart title change. Yeah. Where, yeah. On the aircraft carrier. Yeah. Was that him, or was that the one where oh. Luger or he or Luger beat him or something like that? Something like that. Uh, yeah, it was something uh-huh. weird. Uh, the Lex yeah. Express. Ugh. And um, wow. Yeah. So he was there, uh, but this one also is going to have. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts as well. So uh, I don't know if I really want to like talk to him, but I definitely want to talk to uh, to Booker T. And then Peter David is going to be there. So I'm kind of hoping that oh, press wow. pass comes through. Yeah, I was like, I've got to come through to be able to talk to him because that line's probably going to be kind of long. And um, by the way, <laughs> whatever happened? Whatever happened to Stevie Ray? Was he just his damn brother? Did he just quit yeah, wrestling altogether? Um, I, don't, I mean, I think they were like, I think Stevie Ray might have been on that Morgan Freeman age plan, even when he was watching it then. <laughs> <laughs> so he might have right. been sixty then. Mm, maybe. So maybe. now he's just, he's probably eighty. And you know, <laughs> I think, and I think Booker yeah. T just signed like a lifetime, you know, like the Legends contract with uh, WWE. WWE, yeah, to bring him back because yeah. I don't think he was right. there for a little bit, and I think he's back on the 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 they call it the Legends contract. So if that's right, you know, good for him. You know, yeah. uh, I'm definitely yeah, gonna get a picture saying five times, five times, five times. So <laughs> I'm great. Um, but you know what? And since I got y'all both on the line, if we probably this should have been on another podcast. We'll make it quick. Um, so the Hall of Fame comes out for the WWE the other weeks or whatever. It's been trickling in. Uh, I guess WrestleMania yeah. is in Orlando, Sam man. Um, mm-hmm. that, yeah. And uh, uh, so DDP makes it into the Hall of Fame, brother Beavis. Mm. Um, now again, DDP. we're talking about a made-up sport with a made-up Hall of Fame. So really, this, <laughs> putting in any kind of like real thought into this is kind of um, like asinine. But mm. when I think Hall of Fame and Hall of Fame of wrestling, like DDP does not come to my mind. Particularly like, a WWF run of that, exactly. right? Because yeah. he was he was nothing. Like he they brought him yeah. in. He had a really weird program with with. Uh, Undertaker, and then he did some interviews, and then I don't think he ever wrestled. Right. I mean, he yeah. was, I, you know, so he. I would liken him to maybe like, so obviously Shawn Michaels went on to superstardom, right? But when Shawn Michaels was the big dog in WWF, like mm-hmm. that's that's about right. how, like when you're when you're like the top dog of of a lot of of a pro, of a of a company when it's not really that great. Then mm-hmm. you're not really that mm-hmm. great either, right? Right. But he had yeah. some great moments. Um, yeah, in WCW, you know, I, he was. He was. Yeah, he had some decent moments. He I was call one of the only star. people that got over on the NWO at all. So right, that's probably true. That. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in his the Diamond Cutter really essentially turned out to be like the stunner for WCW. Yeah. You know, it's where he could come in and hit stunner. people with yeah. it. Well, come yeah, and hit exactly. people with it and then run out and be done with it, you know, and it was kind of what it was. But I don't think, again, 
him as a uh, Hall of Famer. Um, and so I think somebody, and then the Rock and Roll Express get in. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to Jim Cornette's podcast, and he's been banging the drum for both of the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express that had been in the Hall of Fame already. Now, mm-hmm. you know, based obviously not on what they did in WWE or WWF, right. but based on yeah. their overall WWE-based or whatever. And NWA. Yeah. Yeah. Or NWA-based. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, you know, the Rock and Roll Express get in, but the Midnight's don't. Are, are the Rock and Roll Express Hall of Famers based on what you know, like taking out the WWE part, uh, Sandman? I would say um, not – yeah, like you said, not WWE, but, I mean, they were essential to the early WCW, NWA lineup. I mean, they had a long history in there. I mean, hell, didn't we find out they were still wrestling in some kind of uh, capacity? Yes, they still oh, are wrestling which somewhere. Which literally made me drop my phone when I saw that shit. And, um, well, don't look <laughs> at them. It's even worse. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to do that to myself. But, I think the uh, funny thing is, like, you, you think it was a long time? But if you actually like could do any kind of research, you find out they were probably active for a couple of years. They were wow. they were probably like their, their four titles or whatever was probably yeah. over the span of maybe like three or four years. Yeah, mm. yeah, you know, yeah, that's probably. I mean, true. And you think about that. Yeah, exactly, because they they came up when we I were in probably what like maybe tenth grade, eleventh grade, mm. and this is, by this the time is, I yeah. graduated, they weren't a thing anymore, or at least not a big yeah. thing. So yeah, this is like mid to late eighties, right? Yeah. If I'm not too off yeah, too exactly. far. Off. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But the right. other thing yes. too though, you know there at least yeah. Ricky or whatever, you know, he he spawned that idea or at least right. he didn't do it, but that going Ricky Morton, which is a term that's a, a wrestle term that people still use, you know, if you look at the lexicon or whatever and they talk about that stuff, they always talk about people doing that. And right. so it, well, I, you also you have like the Minnow Rockers were obviously a direct ripoff, but you know would you have the Hardy Boys if it wasn't for the Rock and Roll Express? Would you? I mean, right, I mean yeah. it's probably one exactly. of the things where it's more their influence. Like yeah, they had their they had their run. Um, you know they made the tag team scene, but you know they they probably spawned a lot of things too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, 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 I my thought was is like if they were getting in, then they all should go in together. Like, it should have yeah. been, like, Rock and Roll and the Midnight Express. And Cornette, the fact that Cornette's not in makes it a farce. Because yeah, he should be in. Yeah, he's run his mouth completely out of being able to do it. But yeah, if yeah. he, if nobody else, if all of all of them together, he should be in before any of them but because of his influence on the business. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I just, I saw that and I was just like, oh, man, I just want to talk about that for a little bit. All right, that's yeah. completely off the reservation for the comic book chat. But, um, <laughs> anywho, all right. So, anyway, all right, so, yeah, we'll wrap this up. Sorry about that, y'all. And um, we got, um, what is this? Okay, sorry. Anyway, all right, so you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, subscribe, leave a review. Um, like I said, we did the Brothers Comic Business. You could find Sandman on Sandman for, at Sandman415 on Twitter and Facebook. Um, you can find Brother Beavis uh, at the Brothers Comics fan uh, Facebook page. Uh, that's at Brothers Comics. You can find the producer um, at Brothers Comics on Twitter, at Brothers Comics on Facebook, at Brothers Comics on uh, what's that, Instagram, 
uh, YouTube, the same thing. You can find me anywhere if you really need to get in touch with me. And I think that's about it. Any other business? If we already talked wrestling in the Hall of Fame, man, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I, think, I, think we, I think we covered a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah I got it. I got, one, okay. I got one more, and I was going to bring it up last week. So they're casting uh, the Inhumans now. And yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They've cast Black Bolt, Medusa, and Maximus. Carnac. Uh, yeah. Maximus yeah, is is uh, Ramsey. Game of Thrones. Ramsey. Yeah, Bolton. Ramsey from. I thought that was pretty good. Mm, yeah, I don't think I don't think casting. you've hit up. I don't think you've hit upon uh, Ramsey Bolton yet, there, producer. You, <laughs> you you will know him though. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So again, I'm I'm just started Game of Thrones. I'm probably gonna finish this, and if I don't pass out, try to finish season one. Um, yes, uh, and I saw that too. They cast Medusa today too. I know some people were hoping that the royal family might be a little bit more um, ethnically diverse. I don't know why they yeah, were well, thinking that that was going to happen. They, they, they cast well. They did. They did cast Karnak, and he's an Asian. So Asian guy. Yeah, yeah. They took the scale a little bit. Well, he's, he's magical. Martial arts. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> he knows martial arts. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, well, I, I, I maybe think it ain't I, so good. Uh, is, I well, think Orgon I, will probably be black. I mean, yeah, they cast no, 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 he probably will be. Well, my thought mm-hmm. was is that they were going to make um, what's the dog's name? Lockjaw. Lockjaw. <laughs> they were going to make the dog's voice like the dude Someone from played. the Cape, like whatever his name was from the Cape. What's his name? David. Uh, that, oh. that dude with the deep voice. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, they'll probably make Lockjaw's voice. Uh, like oh. black dude or black boats voice. I don't think black dog talks. Well, figure that shit out. Let a nigga talk. Something. <laughs> it, it, it's they not. Uh, they man. Uh, just, I, well, I probably wasn't gonna watch the Inhumans TV show to begin with. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, out of loyalty to the X Men, I probably wasn't gonna watch it. If I ain't gonna watch a show about the X Men on TV, I'm a damn sure I ain't gonna watch the Inhumans on TV. So that's a, that's, a, that's a common attitude too. A lot of people don't like don't. Feel like they don't want to portray the X Men. It's it's funny. <laughs> yeah, to me. I don't yeah, it's a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so. You <laughs> yes, inhuman. No, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> People driving past the Marvel Studios and be like, X Men, bitch. Green <laughs> <laughs> <Lane> Fox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I can't. I I don't mess with the Inhumans at all. So I'm good. Somebody will tell me that it's good, and I'll probably watch it six years later, like Game of Thrones. Like, hey, man, somebody to tell me this shit was so good. They got Game of Thrones actors in it already. So I was going to watch it, but I have to read Rom the Space Knight first. I'm gonna run Hutch next time I talk. To you. Oh my God! Well, no, you will be on. You will be on the email or text chain when it comes up, and he will try to defend himself. I assure you of this. That's gonna be very entertaining. Yeah, uh, he, he may get that email as soon as we get done talking. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that means I'm going to have to All post right. stuff about ROM, too, because nobody knows anything about stupid ROM. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> so we'll wrap this up tonight, y'all. Um, we'll sign off. Uh, you get to go first now, Sandman. Go first again. The oppression uh, is over. Yes, right. We're back on top, baby. Uh, we'll, we'll say sign on to my fellow mutants, and we will see y'all next week. All right, and let's do sign off. Bottom bitch out. Bottom <laughs> bitch out. All right, everybody, take it easy. Peace. Peace.